This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in South Florida and beyond. I'm your host for tonight's show, Omar Mubayed. I'm happy to be with you guys. We're going to be breaking some big news in just a second. And only, only going to be hearing it here at Magic City Soccer and on this podcast and on our website at Magic City Soccer or magiccity.soccer, I should say. I was about to do the old domain, magiccitysoccer.co, which I don't believe works. So let's go to magiccity.soccer. But I am joined tonight by the voice of FC Surge. Mr. Lee himself. Sir, how are you? It's good to see you again. Well, I have been enjoying my WPSL action. Um, great to see FC Surge back. I was at the game last night and uh, yeah, man, it was, it was raining. It was, one of those, it was one of those ones I was driving up the 95 and it was hammering the whole time. And I was like, I don't mind the rain, but please no, please no lightning delays. Like I, I hate that little lightning, lightning alarm, but thankfully we got the game in. So yeah. It's good to. It feels like it feels like everything is starting to get back to normal, even more normal now. Slow, slowly but surely. But you know what? I was going to ask you because I haven't worked the game since 2019. Actually, since the Cleveland Miami FC MPSL semifinal. Uh, lightning delays. Do you miss them? The rain delays. Do you miss them? Because I don't. I think that might no. be the one. <laughs> who, who would miss that? <laughs> How is that a positive for anyone? No, 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 no. If I if I could find if I could go around every lightning detection droid in Miami-Dade County and snip the little like con connector or whatever. I would do that. But you know, we have to be safe as well. It's the 21st so, century. Quarantine or lightning delay? Which do you choose? Oh, I'll take the lightning delay over quarantine. <laughs> That's what there I you go. Right. <laughs> you got me that. You got me that. <laughs> so today, as we mentioned, we're going to be breaking some big news, and we're we will be joined by Michael Williamson, the CEO of Miami FC, for what could be known as a repopulation plan. It'll be an interesting conversation, and we'll be joined by him in just a minute to talk a little bit about what the second half of the Miami FC season will look like, not only for the club but for the community itself. So yeah, Lee, I, 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 gave, I gave Mike Williamson a little taste of being back in Italy because he was the Inter Milan kind of CEO. So I've been outside his house stalking him, um, taking pictures of him with the camera, going, when are you going to come on the podcast, Mike? We really, really want to talk to you. Um, giving him the full Italian ultra experience. And finally, he relented. And here we are, moments away from talking to him. Did, did he relent or did he forcibly remove you from his property? Hey, man, you know how big I am. No one's forcibly removing me from anything. So there's a lot to be talked about. You're going to have previews on the website uh, coming, should be today, should already be listed uh, as of the time that you're listening to this podcast, which should be Friday morning, Friday midday. You will have previews for the Miami SC Charleston match which does take place on June 18th. There will also be previews for the Inter-Miami CF match against, I believe they're playing Toronto. I feel like I should know this. Uh, terrible. This don't, is terrible. Don't ask me. I ain't going to tell you. 
but uh, but yeah, it's quite it's quite nice in a way that Miami FC are playing on a Friday on the uh, on the 18th. So then that that gives everyone the, the the Juneteenth for their for their cookouts and whatnot. Yes, sir. It does. It does. And they're actually playing DC United, the former stomping grounds of Mike Williamson, who will be joining us in just a minute. Um, <clears throat> although I will jump in there, Omar. It, it, it is on Juneteenth. It is FC Surge against Miami United, which is the first encounter between those two teams, Miami United ladies team. And this so is the one at Highlander, is, correct? Yeah, that's going to be at Highlander Park in Hialeah, Florida. Hialeah, so, Florida. Um, this is... I'm going to be there. I won't be calling that game because um, the, the fellas over at Top Site are doing that game, but I'm not going to miss that game. That could be a real, it could be a real classico. Finally, we can use that word because there is bragging rights and pride and all kinds of things on the line there. Scores to be settled, new scores to be opened. Well, uh, yeah, that is 5 p.m., I think that is, Mylander Park in Hialeah. Free entry, so you can come along to that. WPSL action hot and heavy here with the upstart women's team in Miami United trying to knock FC Surge off their perch. Um, FC Surge having a great start to their season, though. You know, definitely having a great start, pretty much having a win in all their games but one. I believe they have one draw on the season so far. Haven't dropped any unbeaten, games just yes. yet. Yep, unbeaten, not, not a way to go. And and to get into those WP, WPCL playoffs, that's exactly what you need to be, especially in that tough division. Because every year we look at the standings, and I mean, Jesus, we missed it in 2020. But in 2019, it was always, all right, who's the undefeated team? Is it going to be them? Is it going to be Boca? Like, who's coming in? Who's got the tie? Who's got the tiebreaker? And, you know, this season it looks like, yeah, the FC Search firing on all cylinders with former Miami FC man Sean Chin uh, on the coaching staff. Yeah. I, had a little, I had a little chat with him. Well, I mean, I walked past him and I was late because of the I-95 at the game yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, I said hello. And, you know, obviously players after they start, stop playing, they want to go into coaching. That's a nice little stepping stone for him. So uh, there's so much soccer at the moment, Omar. Like Miami FC are playing. Inter Miami will be back now after this international break and whatever. You know, away from that, the Euros and, of course, the WPSL, the UPSL, the NSL, you know, the amateur sort of leagues around here. We are spoiled. It's just a shame that there's so much rain at this time of year when it's really heating it up. If this was January instead of going into July, then it would be a bit different, wouldn't it? Cost of living in paradise, my friend. But Mm -hmm. it was sorely missed. Trust me, 2020 was long, but you know what? The only thing we're missing in 2021 right now is some U.S. Open Cup soccer, which maybe we get towards the end of the year. Maybe we get next year. I saw a a juicy little tweet by Minneapolis City's head coach saying, well, let's see how they screw us out of the Open Cup next year. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, uh, tensions are high across the lower divisions uh, with the Open Cup. And if you don't know anything about those stories, we're not going to recap it for you. Search it on Twitter. It's definitely a juicy tidbit. Um, Go and check that out. But we are joined now by CEO of Miami FC, Michael Williamson. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. My pleasure, guys. So your resume is, is very established and very tenured. And it's always a weird question to say to somebody, hey, man, talk me through where you've been. Um, because I'm not one to like, who likes to talk about myself or my resume, for lack of better words. But again, there are some notable clubs here. So what was the road to getting to Miami FC? And, and kind of how did you arrive here uh, being the CEO of the club? Well, how much time do you have? No, <laughs> no listen, so, so, you know, I actually came up through um, as a CPA and auditor. So I had a finance background. 
and then introduced myself to the world of, of soccer um, back in, I guess, around 2000 to 2003 um, in uh, U.S. Soccer Federation Foundation, a nonprofit uh, arm of U.S. soccer. And it's interesting because that was my introduction into soccer, but it was also at a stage, it was almost a, a tipping point because it's, you know, a few years after uh, MLS had been in existence, after the World Cup in 94, uh, 96 was MLS. And, you know, you could start to see the tide growing for where, where soccer was going to go in the U.S. Um, from that, I was able to uh, have a position as a CFO and then subsequently as a COO uh, running the club at D.C. United and MLS. Um, you know, great opportunity, great experience, um, and uh, you know, seeing grassroots going from grassroots and seeing the, the development of, of, of MLS and, and, and DC United specifically has a tradition of serving the community as well as, as uh, winning championships there. And that led me to working with an owner um, who came in from Indonesia named Eric Tohir. Uh, at one point in time, Eric Tohir reached out to me and said, after I was able to get a stadium deal done in D.C. for the new stadium there, uh, and said, hey, you know, I'm looking at buying uh, Inter Milan. Would you be interested in coming over and helping me? I said, sure, you know, Italy, I don't speak Italian, but why not? <laughs> I have to ask, how long did it take you for you to say yes? I'm going to guess over under five seconds. <laughs> it took a little bit of time because I just purchased a, a new house in, in, in DC. So of course, as it always goes, that's sort of the, you know, as soon as something like that happens, there's, you know, you end up finding yourself relocating. So um, no, it didn't take me long though. And, and it was a unique opportunity, obviously, to work with Inter Milan. We're top 10 club, top 10 brand of football in the world. Um, and it was transitioning that club from a, a family-run business with a lot of great success into a more modernized and sustainable business model. Um, and it was basically turning a tanker around. You know, we had to, I had to deal with, with financial fair play. We had to rebuild an entire squad um, that was uh, aging out after the 2010 tripletta. Um, but you had a brand with 110 year history. And, and that was the most remarkable experience because even though I was there for, for six years and I started off with expecting only to be there for three years, honestly, and six years later, <laughs> I was still there. Um, the reality is, is that you start to look at football clubs, um, not as, as, you know, five year, six year, 10 year uh, companies, but as brands that are around for hundreds of years, 110 years, 115 years, 120 years. And you realize that you are just a part of that and a custodian of that for the fans, for that, that um, the, the, the history of that club. Uh, and so that was just some amazing experiences. I got to work with some great managers, Roberto Mancini, um, Bioli, uh, just fantastic opportunities on the first team side, working on returning them to Champions League, uh, restructuring the organization in many ways, um, and just you know, seeing football at a completely different level. Uh, with 250 million fans worldwide. Um, after the change in ownership to the Chinese group Suning, um, at that point in time, I, I stayed on for a couple more years and then decided to, to exit uh, at the same time that the other uh, owner, Eric Tohir, was exiting and uh, ended up buying a villa in Italy um, near right. one of the lakes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I had a nice little setup there and spent a year restructuring the villa, which is a probably more difficult project than building a stadium in DC or trying to refurbish uh, San Siro. <laughs> but I was able to do that and then uh, work on some small projects here and there. 
Um, and that's when uh, Ricardo uh, reached out to me. And, uh, you know, obviously I'd known Ricardo from his interactions um, within uh, football in Italy. We had a lot of common uh, contacts. So he reached out to me and, and said, you know, if I asked me if I knew of anyone who uh, could potentially be a CEO here at my, uh, the Miami FC, uh, specifically looking for somebody who understood, um, you know, soccer in the U.S. and sports models in the U.S., but also understood, you know, the international global uh, football world as well and European football. And so I, and I said, let me give some thought on who some p- potential people could be. And I started thinking about it. I started doing more research about the club. Um, and, and obviously, uh, understanding Ricardo and, and, I know, and hearing about him and knowing about him and his history and, and, and the type of owner he is and the type of person he is. Um, I decided at one point to, to, you know, speak to, to my, to my fiance and, and say, what do you think if I actually says, suggested to Ricardo that I come and, and do this? Because it was an interesting enough project to me, um, while obviously, you know, not, uh, a Serie A club or an EPL club. One that was just uh, something that, that there's just something here that was just something unique that I wanted to be a part of. And, and I knew that with the vision that Ricardo had, that it could be something really interesting. So I said to Ricardo, I said, actually, if you're interested, I might be interested. And that's how it started. <laughs> and then uh, a few months later, uh, I started October 15th, I guess it was officially. And so I was here on the ground on October 15th. Um, and, and now it's, it's been a whirlwind since. <laughs> It's, it's an action-packed uh, 10 months or so, I should say, eight months or so. I can't do the math. I apologize. Leave the math <laughs> to you as a CPA. I apologize here. Um, yeah, it's an action-packed 10 months. Former CPA. That's way oh, in the past. CPA. I, I, so I couldn't tell you the one to blame two plus for two the, equals anymore. So. <laughs> you, you're the one to blame for the MLS salary structure is what I took from the early part of that conversation. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so I have to ask. You, you tell Ricardo, hey – you know, I'm interested. I, I want to come here. And, and I'm sure in your research of the area, you know that there's a club on the other side of the county line here that is playing in, in MLS. How did how did that factor in, into your into kind of into your decision making, if any? And then how do you see this club differentiating itself from having to compete, unfortunately or fortunately, with another club here who's going to be taking away potential revenue or even potential marketing opportunities, things of that nature? Yeah, honestly, I don't see them as a, as a competition. Um, you know, it, it, and Miami is a large enough market to support more than one, you know, soccer club, more than one football club. Look around the world. Milan has two top clubs. But just outside of Milan, you have AC Milan, you have Inter Milan. But just outside of that, you have, you know, Atalanta and Bergamo. You have Monza and Serie B. You know, you go, to, you go to London. I know London's obviously a much bigger city. But look <laughs> how many EPL clubs and championship right. clubs are in London. Again, much larger size city. I, I understand that, but there is the capacity for the you know the direction that soccer is going here in the U.S. And you think about where it will be in twenty years, thirty years, fifty years, hundred years, because that's the way I see Inter Miami. That's the way I see Miami FC. These are you know the early years of hundred year brands, um, and and that's you know that's where we think we need to think to be. And, and so they're not competition in that sense. Um, now we are obviously in Miami, which, which is a benefit, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that's something that we are, uh, you know, the other difference I would say is that, that, okay, they are an MLS, of course. Um, we are also a community football club. We're a community, you know, organization. Um, and, and we can connect with the community here in the 305. That is something that, that will be really unique. And that's something that excites me. And that's really what I saw as the opportunity here is to be something different, to be truly a 
a community football club, community soccer um, organization, and, and offer and serve the community, but at the same time, deliver and engage with them something really interesting. And, and that's obviously the product on the pitch. Having said that, USL is, is, is unique. Um, it's not, and you, you joked about it earlier, it's not the MLS salary cap structure. And I'm not <laughs> saying that, that you know, I'm not going to go into details of my opinion one way or the other on that. But what is unique about USL and specifically this market and Miami FC um, is we can become, you know, a, a, a player development and player trading um, organization. And so when you look at us, we are a community soccer club with the potential to be a global football player development club. And that is unique. Um, and I think that's something unique to USL and it's something to need to Miami. Now, we're not in a secondary city. We are in Miami, so attracting players and recruiting players and also the local market of players that we have here at the youth levels uh, is something where there's just a lot of undiscovered talent, and we have the opportunity to give them the playing time and experience. And if you look at some of the, the you know, top players that are in that U10, the U15, U16 age frames, they are very strong global players. What happens is from U16 to U20, U21, they're not getting the playing time that they should be at a professional level. They're not getting the matches. They're not getting the experiences. If you look at, at you know, football around the world um, at, at the, the primavera, the youth uh, development stages, those are the most critical stages for match play to learn how to, 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 to act in certain experiences in certain situations. We are able to do that. Um, and I think that's something that's a, you know, a, a longer term plan, obviously, but it's something that with our academy um, and, and obviously our scouting and recruiting opportunities is something we can really develop here and set ourselves apart from, from you know, the, the, the other Miami club here um, in Inter-Miami. Of course, MLS has their own plans and they've been very successful in player development and I, and I you know, encourage them and, and I'm glad to see that. But I think that we have a little bit more flexibility to be able to do something and be recognized um, as, a, as a global football club from the player side. Locally, community organization, that's you know, at the core, our fans are at the core. Um, but they're not, you know, I, it's a long answer, but I don't see them as competition. I see <laughs> no, you know, no, all, no. all tides are rise together. Great answer. You, you know what? Natural segue. And just to be I'm clear, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking water out of this. Even though it's a plastic red cup, there, there's not – just to, just to I, confirm I, I, I that there's everyone, no alcohol in it. And everyone who knows me that I'm not drinking water. Um, <laughs> Michael, you, um, you mentioned the academy. Um, that's important to Ricardo, no? And that's important to the club, and that's an important way to connect to the community. Is, is there any plans you can share with us for the academy like moving forward? I mean, at the moment – there's not a lot of places around here that, you know, are an academy. It's just a, it's just a field. It's just a few fields. Is there any plans to invest in that at all or move it forward a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, we, we, we developed the academy. We've only actually been operating it for, for a relatively short period here. Um, and part of it was to develop some foundation uh, and, and for us to develop some structure around it. Um, you know, we now have an academy business director in place. Um, you know, in the near future, I'll be looking to bring in uh, an academy direct, a technical director or a director of coaches um, to, to also assist in the development of that. 
Um, you know, we are looking to invest and work with the county to, to have a long-term lease um, of the facilities that we do have, the pitches we do have, as well as invest in those pitches and also the clubhouse. Um, those are still ongoing discussions with the county. Um, you know, we hope we can find uh, some, some, um, some uh, arrangement with them. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the importance of it is that we are, you know, the academy really serves the community, as you pointed out. And, you know, we had over 260 um, players last year. Um, we actually, it was a significant increase from, from the prior year. Um, and that was during a period of, of obviously, as you know, uh, of, of a pandemic. Um, but what we were able to do is engage and help those communities because, the families of those 260 players are, you know, they're, they're, they're in, in where our fan base is. Um, but more importantly, they're, they're the community that we want to be in contact with and to hear this, their stories. Um, and this is something even as we invest in some of our digital content areas, you know, obviously everyone thinks about digital content is all about, you know, the, following the players around and, and, and looking at the stories behind the scenes of the players, which certainly is something that we're doing. But for me, it's also telling stories about the families of our academies. Um, you know, what are some of the hardships that they faced over these last 18 months? And, and how is it that you know, we, were, we were able to help them and how can we help them going forward? Um, those are the stories that I think are really interesting. Obviously, player development, uh, nutrition, strength and conditioning, that's you know, healthy lifestyles initiatives that are important for, for the, 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 the youth. Um, but we want to go beyond the youth and, and also, you know, highlight some of the, the families in that community. Um, in addition to that, I think, you know, we need to be strategically looking at how do we grow um, our academy? How do we invest in it? Um, is it in facilities? Is it in, you know, additional, um, additional programs, additional group, uh, um, um, teams? Uh, you know, it, how do we make it even bigger and better? Um, and, and with always the core element of focusing on uh, the community aspect of it. Nice. So yeah, I mean, I think for me as a fan, it's going to be a great moment when a player who's come through that academy gets into the first team, gets out onto the field. You know, we've had some players that have links to Miami and, you know, and they're maybe from Miami, but there's going to be something a little bit different about that player or the first players that come through that kind of system. So it's, uh, it's, I think it's exciting for people who, yeah. you know, aren't even, don't even have kids in the academy. It's exciting. Yeah, and, 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 well. and I don't know, I don't know if you noticed or, or, or were able to catch it, but you know, even one of our preseason matches was actually against uh, our academy team. So, yeah. so that is an important thing. And, and, and when we have the opportunity, especially as, as, you know, COVID protocols um, start to, to, to loosen themselves uh, as uh, naturally through, through the progression of the vaccinations, uh, we hope to be able to integrate even more um, academy players into first team trainings. Um, and then ultimately, you know, to your points, I mean, the, the ideal scenario is where you, you have, you know, a U9 player that eventually in, in 10 years is, is suddenly, you know, playing on our first team. That, that is the, the, the ideal path. And, and that's hopefully what we can get to. We're going to go ahead and, and circle back to the community in a second, especially with the Football 305 initiative, which Lee and I do hold in high regard. But there's a little piece of information here that we were told that we want to confirm with you. Uh, something about people coming back to Ricardo Silva <laughs> Stadium. Do you, do you know something about this? Are, are you aware of what's going on? Yeah, because yeah I might know something. Told us <laughs> Come on, Michael. Spin it. Tampa. Spin it. We've been waiting. We've been waiting <laughs> year, a year, a year and months so, on top of that year. You no, it, it, I don't it, want to hear it, Lee. You've been at them. <laughs> I'm talking about everybody else who hasn't been at them. Come on now. 
so, so, so let me let me let me give a little context on that because you're right. Um, uh, you know, and in, in, I wanted to take our time before we went and opened uh, uh, back to full capacity and opened up to to fans uh, in the public. Um, I, to your point, I am actually very excited to be to be announcing that we are opening our doors yet again to welcome our fans um, and to engage with our you know in our core activities with our fans. Um, Starting with uh, July seventeenth, against our our, our uh, my good friends uh, in uh, Interstate uh, Tampa no, Bay Rowdy. No, against Tampa. The, yeah, the fans yeah, coming yeah. back to the Tampa game. Yep, yeah. So so we play them at home on the seventh. July seventeenth. Uh, Sorry, July seventeenth. This is incredibly exciting. July seventeenth. Fans can come back. That is correct, one hundred percent. And so you, our ticket sales should be going on sale uh, sometime uh, middle of next week on our website. Uh, so definitely be checking that out. Um, and, you know, I, I actually have a very good relationship with, with uh, the president over there at, uh, at uh, Tampa Bay, but uh, I, I can't wait to, am I allowed to curse on this or you know, yeah, what, you what are the, I can't wait to, I, it, let's okay. go. <laughs> I can't wait to kick his, their ass. In, <laughs> in, <laughs> that's what we're talking about, Michael, say it louder. We're going to kick <laughs> It's not been fun. So, uh, for, it's not been fun for Miami <laughs> FC fans. It's like we've had to take so much grief off the Rowdies, yeah. off the Ralph Snob, off the Skyway Casuals. So it ends yeah. now. It ends no, but I can't wait to do it in back. front of in front of the fans and have that 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 excitement and that energy in the stadium again. But but I do want to say, you know, we wanted to take our time before opening up because we wanted to make sure that when the fans did come back. Um, that one, it was obviously a safe environment, um, but also that that we could offer a really good experience and a first-class experience. Um, you know, one of the most important things to me is that when somebody comes to the stadium, you know, the experience doesn't start when the match starts. The experience starts when they leave their home, right? I want to be able to make sure that we are communicating with them well in advance as they're driving there. Where do they need to park? Um, you know, what do they need to bring? What can they bring in the stadium? What can they not bring in the stadium? Uh, what's the weather going to be like? Uh, what to expect when they arrive. And then when they arrive, I want every single person to greet them with a smile saying, welcome to Ricardo Silva Stadium. Enjoy the match. You know, vamos Miami. Just a really great experience for families. I mean, this is the most important thing to me. So I wanted to, to before we announced and opened up, I wanted to make sure we had all of that foundation and that structure in place to be able to offer the best uh, experience that, 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 you know, honestly fans can have in the Miami area. And I will also add a very, very affordable price. Um, you know, we are more competitive probably than, than any other, you know, entertainment and sports specifically um, than any other offer here in the Miami area, because we understand that that's important to the community as well. Um, and so we wanted to price ourselves at a rate that was reasonable enough that, you know, the average family of four can come out and enjoy it and have a, you know, a hot dog and have a drink and, and be able to park and buy a ticket without spending a six month budget on it. So, so that's our, our, our approach. You know, essentially we'll have nine matches left. Um, you know, we're looking at bringing in adult tickets at a season ticket package of $180 uh, for those nine matches. So something very affordable, very reasonable, um, you know, something that we feel that, that uh, you know, that, that can, again, with the services that we want to provide, 
offer an entertainment experience um, that at a price that that is is considered a real value. So I'm excited, uh, not only because I want to beat Tampa Bay at We're home all excited and the fans, um, but also because of the fact that that I think it's 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 just the start of going to be something really exciting for the rest of the season as well. And for me, one of the core pieces of this is this is the launching pad for 2022 as well and, and all of our season tickets that we expect to be able to bring in fans on a regular basis for 2022. So it's important. I'm excited and I'm glad that we are finally opening our doors, our gates to welcome fans back again. So now, now there's, there's key questions we need to follow up here on. <laughs> you mentioned affordable, you mentioned $180 for the season ticket, which is going to be the remaining nine games of the USL schedule at home. Do we know? I mean, you may not know. We don't know. So I'm asking you. And this is. And by, by the way, by the way, it's, it's that hundred eighty dollars for adults. For youth, it's ninety dollars. All right, half the price, fifty percent discount yeah. for youth. I'm writing I'm that down old. here. And so, <laughs> I, yeah, you're, you're yeah nine times a couple a couple of different numbers there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly, so do we know what USL playoffs if the club makes it there and has a home match? look like are these plans going to come with some kind of priority access to have first in line for those kind of playoff matches should they arise if you're a season ticket holder um this is the commitment we as a club are going to offer is that you're going to have the best value and the best benefits of any ticket package out there so that includes as you said priority to in advance sales to 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 playoff matches um, it's going to to mean that you know you're not going to have a lower ticket price out there for any promotions or activities that are lower than what a season ticket holder is going to pay. Um, but you're also going to receive more value than anyone else out there is going to receive. You're going to have access to you know pre-match warmups on sideline in the in the 305 football 305 section, where literally you're going to be able to to stand on the sideline and watch warmups um, at field level. You know these are the things that we really want to try to engage and bring value to 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 our um, to our season ticket members. It's important, very important, because they are the the your members, uh, your core fans. Uh, and we want to show and highlight, um, you know, the value that they bring to us. You're going to let Lee on the sidelines for pregame warmups, sir. I, mean, <laughs> I understand. Wait a second. So I, I understand it does come with it does here, come with but, it does but, come with some caveats. <laughs> it does come with some caveats, right? So, <laughs> so you didn't see the asterisks on that part. No, you know? I did. No, I need to see that. <laughs> I'm in still it's in the fine school, print. so I know the no. terms and conditions on the back. So I just got to take a look at those first. Lee, I've got you on this one. I haven't passed the bar yet, but we'll talk about that in a couple of years. Um, $180 for adults. You guys heard it here first. The repopulation plan begins on July 17th against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, season tickets $180 for adults. When did tickets go on sale? That's a good question. When did they go on sale? So the middle of next week. The middle of next week. Oh, so, okay. yeah, yep. So it's uh, on our website um, specifically, and, and I'm probably put a little pressure on our guys to make sure that it definitely goes out. But I'll say uh, Wednesday to be exact. If you want to exact date, Wednesday, official. Now, now our guys have have no excuses. They have to they have to have everything ready by that date. Did you just make Daniel's life harder, harder than Nathan's life harder? Is that what happened here? Exactly, Nathan, exactly. Gonna We're going to get the text messages. You are aware of this, right? You mother bleepers. Like, we cannot believe that you guys did this to us. So we, That's we, exactly right. It was a difficult end of the last season. And, and again, not having fans in the stands is, is, is a big 
is a big revenue suck. It's a big lack of revenue, um, you know, for the club, for any club, let alone doesn't matter what division you play in. And yet there have been notable partnerships that have persisted throughout the pandemic, especially with Hellbiz and with the new partnership that came, that comes with Game On technology. Um, a lot of us know about Hellbiz already as we followed the club year in and year out. But this this new partnership with Game On Tech, what, what can you yeah. tell us about what that partnership is going to look like? What are they bringing to the club? How can the fan base interact with Miami FC and this partnership with Game On. Sure. First, I, you know, I, I know Hellbits is is seems like old news, but it's actually not. So I want to touch on that before we jump on the Game yeah, On. Absolutely. Um, because you know we do we did sign a new deal with Hellbits, um, and it actually uh, extends the the current deal, but it but it uh, it changed. It's it's a new deal. It's it's not okay. a just a simple extension. Um, you know, obviously. With the pandemic, there were certain elements that uh, were different than expected uh, with the original Hellbits deal. Uh, but ultimately, what I what I said to them is, I said, "Okay, you are a you know a company that is is very innovative. Um, you know, uh, sustainability uh, is an important value to us. Um, community connection is an important value uh, to you guys, and it's an important value to us as well. You know, let's grow our, our these businesses together. Let's be true partners." Um, you know, we're investing in the digital area. Um, you know, we have, obviously, you, you have the jersey on the front, but we also have the ability to, to include, um, you know, your, your logo or, or one of your other, um, uh, you know, affiliate logos on the back of the jersey. But more importantly, all of this investment in our digital content around the match includes training activities. And all of the training activities and training jerseys and training bibs um, right now do not have, or at, in the past did not have Helbit's logo included on them. So that was an opportunity for them to have added value. So we've actually included them on our training kits um, and extended it uh, for an additional year as well. So it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know if you guys realize this, but, but, uh, or if you follow him or not, but the CEO of Helbit's, Salvatore, is, you know, he, he's, he's tweeting about us. Um, he's liking our posts. Uh, you know, I, I was watching it on his Instagram account and his stories the other day, and, and he had, you know, our USL match on his TV and was, you know, sending a, 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 you know, an Instagram story about it. I mean, this is something where, you know, there's an engagement there between us um, uh, uh, from the CEO level, but also from Hellbits and Miami FC, because we understand the values together uh, are, are fantastic. And so we're going to grow together and, and be a true partnership in the community, um, not just a sponsor on the jersey and a sponsor on a training kit. So I wanted to touch on that because with that foundation and their commitment and belief in this project that we have going forward, uh, it's something that, that's going to grow and, and, and be really exciting together. That also opens the door for, for showing you know, how we can add value to other partners. And one of the other partnerships in recent rounds is Game On, as you pointed out which is really a technology um, provider that uh, works with uh, messaging um, and, and, and uses um, artificial intelligence uh, and, and algorithms to be able to communicate and engage with our fans through a messaging system, uh, specifically, you know, Facebook Messenger. So now you don't have to send on a comment or send an email. You can actually, you know, say, on your instant messenger um, to our to our to our page or to our um, uh, account, saying, "Hey, when's the next match? Or how do I buy tickets? Or who scored the goal last night?" And there will be a direct response to you. 
So you are connecting and engaging directly at a, at a level that is providing content, providing engaging relevant information to you. So when I talk about having the experience of when you leave your house to come to the stadium and it starts there, this is where you start to engage and ask questions of, you know, what does the traffic look like? Where do I need to, you know, which gate do I go to? Uh, what can I bring in the stadium? And instead of having to search for it, you just send a message and you get a response back. Uh, now, what's unique about this is this group, Game On, is working with Arsenal. They're working with the NBA. We are the first soccer um, uh, uh, company, a soccer club in the U.S. working with them. So this is a, an organization that is used to working with elite brands like NBA and, and, and Arsenal. And here we are. And they believe in us and what we're trying to do here, that they wanted to partner with us and we wanted to partner with them to be able to, to grow our fan base and engage with our fan base at a different level, at a more intimate level, if you will, um, where we can offer assistance and guidance and information and be a resource to the community um, at a much, you know, much more one-to-one uh, -one basis as opposed to you know, putting a, a, a comment on an Instagram account of where do I buy tickets and us responding, buy them here. Um, this is something that's much more, you know, one-on-one -on -one and engaging. So it's exciting. Uh, and it just, again, shows our innovative uh, sort of cutting edge, um, you know, direction that we're trying to take this club. Michael, you've done such a lot in such a small space of time. So my question is, how many hours a day do you work? <laughs> well, well you, you forgot to mention about building the entire roster. I think we only had two players that were already under contract when I came in in October. And so, um, you know, working, you with, Paul, you have time working with Paul, we had to build a, you know, bring in an entire roster, which by the way, it was, it was, it was you know, we brought in uh, a fantastic group of players this year as well. Uh, a balance of some really, really skilled, um, experienced players, experience in USL uh, but also some some you know young talent uh, that you're seeing that we're giving some playing time to as well, and you're seeing some real potential with them, and, and you know, and, and and exciting to see them develop as well. So, when do I sleep? Um, considering I also have an 18 month old daughter, I don't. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is Paul's on the golf course, and you're in the office. <laughs> I'm just kidding. As another connoisseur of golf, I'm just kidding. Trust me, we'll sneak out whenever. <laughs> um, and you know what? I, I think we'll have to have you back for the roster construction show. I, if, if not this season, for next season, definitely. Because you know, we kind of you know, hey man, we're 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 big on the roster crunching over here at Magic City Soccer. Um, going back to the community, football 305 was something that at least we, Lee and I, were talking to Paul directly about before the pandemic hit. And it was going to be rolled out in a way that it was going to be a big community initiative in 2020, growing the fan base, growing the game in Miami. And of course, pandemic hits, everything gets scrapped. And, and, and that was across the board, not just with Miami FC, not just with the Football 305 initiative. But now we're hearing it's going to be relaunched. It's going to be a little bit retooled. What, are, what can the community look towards with this Football 305 initiative that Miami FC is finally going to get the opportunity to actually roll out here in 2021? Yeah, so, you know, we don't want Football 305 to be a different brand. That's not the intent of it. Um, you know, for, from our perspective, we want people to think of Football 305, they think of Miami FC. When we want people to think of Miami FC, we want to think about Football 305. It's really a unique element because 
we are, you know, the professional football club in the 305, you know, area code. Um, and, and even it, it, it's a funny side story. I tried really difficult to get a 305 <laughs> area code, um, as opposed to 786 because, you know, I wanted to, to, to represent, uh, the community. And, and, and the irony is, is that, um, my fiance came after me and was able to get a 305 number and I wasn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but ultimately, you know, there, there's, there's something there that, that people have take pride in, in being a part of the 305 community. Um, and it's a, such a diverse community and it's such a, you know, truly, uh, it's remarkable, um, you know, how diverse this area of Miami is. Um, and it represents what football is and it represents what Miami FC is. So we said, why don't we actually combine this? Why don't we develop this? And obviously it was an idea that was developed prior to my arrival but when i heard about it and, and and dove into it and started to understand it a little bit better i said this is really what our community is about and it's what our community initiative should be about so our focus on developing football 305 was to try to make that connection to say hey yes we are a professional football club but we are a community organization and our community aspect our community connection to you is going to be football 305. now what does that mean that means that, you know, anything that we do in a community, the engagements, the activities, um, you know, having the supporters group or sorry, having the fan um, season ticket holders have access to the football 305 area of the stadium pre, uh, pre-match during warmups, just to show that, that we at Miami FC are trying to connect with that community and that initiative. And it's going to develop. It's going to be a partnership with Helbits. It's going to be a partnership with our you know, academy activities. It's going to be a partnership with all of our community engagements where we're growing this more and more and more. And it will develop into its own brand naturally and organically. Um, but it's going to be a brand that's synonymous with Miami FC. So that is the importance of it is that we want Miami FC to be known as football 305 that it is you know we are the professional football club in 305 miami dade and when people think of football in 305 we want them to think of miami fc so it's a perfect connection and that's really what our development focus is going to be our marketing our outreach um and, and trying to connect with fans in the community is going to be you know incorporating both of those aspects and, and we'll let you go on this one because you've been more than generous with your time today and we really appreciate it what Unless you want to stay for episode 94 and we can talk about the possible <laughs> Miami FC women's team. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So with, with the marketing aspect of this, and this is something which I've spoken to other people in your front office and I've mentioned going back to the very beginning, which I understand you were not a part of, you know, the marketing was lacking. You can't slap the logo on a bus or on the Metro rail and expect it to work, right? Expect this guerrilla marketing tactic to work, especially in a city such as this one. So, with football 305 and with the repopulation plan, what is the marketing plan that either the front office has decided, hey, this is what we think will work best, or what can fans expect from a marketing plan so that we can get this team back into really the, the public presence so that people are aware, hey, that game's coming, it's open to the stadium, we want to know about football 305, we want to be part of it. How, how can we get, how can we get there? How can we make sure that the information gets to the people who want it the most? 
Sure. I mean, listen, before you, you can market things, you need to know what you're offering, right? And, and you, what you offer has to be something that, that's interesting to that community. Um, and that's the most important thing because you can go out and try to market to any community, but, but you know, there's a saying that you know, to, see, to sell John Smith what John Smith buys, you have to see John Smith through John Smith's eyes, right? And, and what that means is that you need to understand who your fan is in order to be able to, to offer something to them that, that is interesting and relevant. Um, so that starts with the product on the pitch, obviously having a competitive team, we need to be competitive on a regular basis, but it also means that the fan, that the, that the players know who they're playing for and they're playing for those fans. They are there because of those fans. So that means after every match recognizing and, and, and no matter if we win three zero or lose three zero and honoring those fans that came out to watch them. Um, and that's something that is a philosophy that we need to instill in that. Then also the game day experience, as I said, offering something that's interesting, engaging, and, and of value to, to that community and to our, to our fans in the community. That's where it starts. Then you, with that platform, you're able to market. And market is just about getting the information out. Part of it will be through, through word of mouth, of course, as we develop better and better um, uh, uh, in, in, in events and people are really excited and have good experiences, they're going to share that through their social media outlets, through their, their you know, um, uh, brunches, through their conversations with friends and family. That'll naturally grow. But at the same time, we're all going to do marketing. Now, marketing is interesting because I think you're right. A lot of professional sports teams in the Miami area have not been successful, but that's because they've never really understood or tried to understand who they're marketing to. Um, you know, it, 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 a lot of people just think, okay, there's Hispanic, there's a large Hispanic population in, in the Miami area. So let's just market to Hispanics. We do Hispanic marketing. Well, that, that, what does that mean? You know, mm -hmm. because if you want to market to Venezuelans, or, or Honduran, Salvadoran, or Bolivian, or to Cuban, or to, um, you know, uh, Argentine, Argentinian, you need to understand what is relevant and interesting and how to engage and market with them, at, you know, individually and as communities, as opposed to just a generic Hispanic. Okay, yes, everyone, you know, and speak Spanish, great. But that doesn't mean that, that you market in Spanish and everything's fine. We need to be in the community at the grassroots level, engaging with all of these communities and the community leaders, whether it's a Cuban community leader, Venezuelan community leader, a Mexican community leader, understanding what's important to them in that community and then being able to offer something to them and, and giving them a value and engage with them. And that's how we're going to market at a very grassroots level not at a generic level of here's our brand, you know, here's our name on, on, a, on a bus, as you said, going around, or here's a, an advertisement in Spanish. You know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> thinking that's reaching your Spanish market. Are you sure so, you've only been here eight months because I'm ready to run for a, through a brick wall for you, Lee. I'm ready to run through the brick wall here. Like this, yeah. is, this is exactly what we've been preaching to the choir for five years saying, this is the understanding that needs to happen to break through in this market. And I, 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 I dude, you're giving and, me the class on it. And, and, and I'll be honest, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not from Miami area and I don't you know, claim to be. Um, so I don't know what the best 
areas to, to engage uh, with these communities. That's why I'm trying to develop a team around me. And, and I rely on the team that's already in place with a lot of great people that you've mentioned uh, um, as well with Nico, Dan, Vanessa, to, to be able to understand, you know, and, and also working with some of our players, um, you know, to understand how do we connect with, the, with this market? You know, how do we do this? Um, you know, you look at, at, at Bruno, who's, who, who you guys might know as, as our mascot, you know, he is somebody who understands our community, understands our market. And so for me, I, I, Wait, I rely on him. I thought it was <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. You just ruined But, but, you know, he's, those are the people that, that I rely on to tell me how to, to, to connect with, with the community and how to connect with our fans. Um, if I came in here and said, oh, I, I worked at Inter Milan, oh, I worked at DC United, I know how to do it, everything, I will fail and this, and this club would fail. And, and that is not the, the approach that I'm taking. That's not the approach that Ricardo wants to take. Um, so you know, we really are connecting with this community and, and I'm doing it at a very grassroots level, but, but I'm doing it with, with information that's coming from the people of the community, not, not you're coming in thinking that I know how to do it myself. I'm very humble in that sense. <laughs> Michael Williamson, CEO of Miami FC. Thank you so much for your time. We're going to ask you one more question on your way out. Sure. You may need to tread lightly with this one. Be very careful how you answer. Who has better food, Miami or Washington, D.C.? Well, for that, clearly, clearly Miami. Now, I, 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 thought, you're, I, thought, I thought you were going to be really tricky and say which has better food, Milan or, or no, Miami. No, you see that, because that, that one, be that one will put me on a spot that would we're not, not be We're not making fair. a liar out of you, sir. Come on. <laughs> no, we, we all know that we're not winning that battle. But against DC, we will take the battle. Although, although I, I, do miss, I do miss uh, some, some good uh, pupusas in, 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 in the DC area from the Salvadorian restaurant. So I won't lie. That's uh... <laughs> so, hey, Michael, pupusa, who's got the better coffee? Milan or Miami? Now, can you answer oh, that one? Clearly, uh, I can't answer that one. Diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We will have him back, Michael. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you, you guys. Thank you, Michael. It. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to next time. See you soon. Cheers. We cannot thank the Miami FC and CEO Michael Williamson enough for his time tonight and for choosing us here at Magic City Soccer uh, to be breaking the news of the repopulation plan. Lee, we're, you're not going to be the only one in the stadium anymore, dude. 717, right around the corner, a month away. I've, I've, I've got a bit comfortable <clears throat> with like rocking out on my door 45 minutes before kickoff and getting to the stadium and walking straight in. But I will happily give that up to get back in there with uh, thousands of people. So it, well, I can't believe that. I can't, I, I, I can't believe he, he, he dropped that little uh, nugget on us. Amazing. I know, right? It's amazing. Yeah. He chose us and not some of the other bigger names. Look at that. Well, we are the biggest name in independent South Florida soccer. Get out of here. They knew what Wait, they were doing. In one way, we are the biggest, mate, because the size of both of us. But yes. No, it was, he's, 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 yeah, I'm quite confident that, that, that this club might be going in the right direction now. I, I, I mean, think I think so it was well. before, but I think, I, think he, I think even more now. And, you know, the community in that is, a, is important. And, then, and the thing about 305, Omar, is that, you know, ultimately, it's not really Miami, it's, it's Dade County. And I think that's, Dade County is representative of so many different people. That's what I like about the whole 305 thing. That's why it means something to everyone here, more so than Miami, probably. I can't wait to get back in that stadium, man. I can't wait to get a couple of beers in me and 
Shout out to I can't Paul. wait. I, I think I might drop a bomb on you and I might join you on the 23rd there. I mean, listen, I, I'm getting yeah. out of class at seven. I'll be on the other side of campus. Why not? Kickoffs nah. at eight would be good to go. Um, you know, I was going to tell him at one point, I'll sell him my 305 number as long as he puts us back in the commentary booth. <laughs> I, I, you know, I figured, you know what, man, it's a little too forward for his first episode. Let's, 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 not, let's not do negotiations just yet. Let him feel us out, and then we'll go there. But, Michael, if, if you're listening to this, man, you want a 305 number, and, and you listen, all it takes is put Lee and I back in the commentary booth, and we're good to go. We're, we're good to go. Lee, anything that we're forgetting about uh, today before we sign off? No, I think we've covered it. I think that was such an informative chat with uh, – with the CEO of uh, Miami FC, Mike Williamson. And I think we just need to get back in that stadium, start watching some games, get out there and support local soccer. You know, get yourself vaccinated, get out there. WPSL, Inter Miami, Miami FC, all the teams that are out there. I don't know, what about college soccer? Maybe is that, is, is that going to be starting back up? NPSL is coming back up as well. Miami Boca Raton FC. So the, much the Dutch Lions that. are definitely making noise because I last time I checked, I think the Dutch Lions are in the spot for US yeah. Open Cup with their record so yeah. far. So shout out to them, the upstarts here that you know a lot of the, the pandemic took away that first opening season because we were looking forward to it. Games at Tropical Park again after FC Miami City took off towards Broward. Mm-hmm. So we were gonna get another team down here in Miami to watch at the MPSL level. It's a lot of soccer going on, guys. It's a summer of soccer. You got to take the you got to take the advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. As Lee mentioned, get vaccinated, dude. Like, what are you waiting for? Let's go. Listen, I've been vaccinated since February, and I will tell you that nothing's happened to me. I'm good, right? Like, I don't have a quarter stuck to my arm. There's nothing any like that. You know, you got to be able to, to to protect yourself and, and enjoy the games, especially as we're moving back to full capacity. Um, and it's not just about you; it's about everybody else around you. Lee Ethan's tell the people where they can find you. Well, you can find me at games. Football is best enjoyed in the flesh. Get off the sofa. We've watched so much TV. You can't do any more Netflix. You know, there's some kick out all those subscriptions. Get rid of Peacock. Get rid of Paramount Plus. Get rid of all that shite and get down to a game. That's where you'll find me. If you can't do that, Magic City Sock. That's Magic City SOC on Instagram because that's my gig. Yes, that, that's his gig. That's what he does. He runs the Instagram account around here as the voice of FC Surge as well. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you're still listening, thank you very much. We will have previews for the Miami FC Charleston match uh, coming your way when you're listening. It should already be live on the website. Go to magiccity.soccer to check that out. You also have a preview for the Inter-Miami CF game on Saturday against DC United, Michael Williamson's old stomping grounds. You can check that out as well. It's a heavy football of soccer here. Hopefully we get some decent weather. It's a good thing that both those games are away because the weather's been absolutely shit. Uh, But other than that, let's make sure that we support all of our clubs here as soccer is just, man, it's picking up. The atmosphere is getting bigger. It's going to be playoff time before we know it, and all the teams are in the mix. So as we like to say around here, I'm Omar Mubayad. You can find me at at Mubayad11 on Twitter. Uh, You can find all my writing at magiccity.soccer. And as we say around here, and I will say it again, Go under Miami, go Miami FC, go FC Surge, go all of our local MPSL clubs. Let's do the damn thing. Let's bring all the Cubs to Miami. And go to Ricardo Silva Stadium on, what is it, July the 17th? Was it the 17th? The 17th. The 17th. Lee, get it right. 17th, man. (laughs) 